Well, mighty peace and blessings to you, brothers and sisters. Today we're going to be in the episode, we're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about perseverance. We're going to be talking about belief. We're going to be talking about grit, loyalty. We're going to be talking about having a true relationship with the Most High God. Okay? So we're going to get into this immediately because today has been a doozy at work today. And I'm going to share it all with you guys right after the prayer. So let's get into it. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father, Almighty El Shaddai, Sovereign God, we come to you today in the name of your Mashiach, Christ Jesus, Father, asking you for guidance, mercy, grace. Father God, we ask you for spiritual discernment in this lesson today, Father God. For today, we're going to be talking about faith, our loyalty to you, our belief in you, Father God. Our trust in everything in you, Father God. You as our foundation is going to be the topic that we discuss today, Father God. And we want you to bless us, Father God. Bless us with the Ruach HaKodesh. Give us spiritual discernment so that we may understand everything that we are hearing today, Father God. Everything that is read, Father God. Every single item that we go across today, Father God, allow it to be blessed by your mighty name, Father God. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, and we say Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Father, blessed be the name, Baruch HaBashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name, Father God, your mighty name, in Jesus we pray, Amen. All right, let's hop right into it. All right, as I said before, today's discussion is going to be about faith, it's going to be about loyalty, it's going to be about belief. And understanding, okay, because as you guys may not know, or some of you may may know, when I'm at work, I wear headphones. I always wear Bluetooth headphones, and when I'm at work, 80 to 90 percent of the things I listen to throughout the eight or the eight or nine hour shift that I'm on is spiritual. It's either lessons or it's something to get me moving throughout the day and to keep me focused on my mighty God, my King, my Savior. Today, I just happened to come across a video that was posted up by someone who who had a question. The label of the video was something to the effect of Christianity's most troubling problem or hardest thing to answer about Christianity or something to that effect. Okay, and it was, the topic was about why, if God is a loving God, why does he allow animals to go through some of the most horrific things like being torn apart by other animals or starving or whatever the case may be. He was saying that it's very hard for Christians to answer that because when you ask a Christian about our suffering, you know, the answer that he said he gets from a lot of Christians is the fact that God allows us to suffer because of his glory, so he gets to praise, whatever the case is, and that to a certain degree is true. But the thing is, there was a Christian apologist who came on his show and his comments were, you know, he's a good Christian guy, but his, his comments were off base a little bit, I think. Definitely, because his thing was, for one, animals don't feel pain like we feel pain. And if you know anything about animals, or if you are a dog lover or any kind of pet lover like I am, I'm a dog lover, I've had dogs in my house for years upon years upon years, and you know they definitely experience pain, they remember pain, they, everything. So that part, he was so far off basis on, I don't understand why he even said it, to be real with you, but that's something the guy grabbed onto and latched onto, and that was a big part of his thing. I just want to get into it. I don't want to bash the brother. I don't want to bash the Christian guy or this guy here, you know, because we're all children. We're all children just seeking our ways, man. We're all children trying to find the right way and trying to find the right path. And fortunately, for people who know me, know that I am dug in on the path that I'm on. I believe in my mighty God. I believe in my mighty King. 
and I know it's real. I didn't did that part right there. I know it's real. Trust. So let's get back into it. I don't want to digress. Let's let's hop right into it. Okay. So the first thing is why do animals suffer? Why do he said why do why does a, a deer might fall on a I mean a tree might fall on a deer and kill it or it lays there suffering and die or why do animals get torn apart by other animals and couldn't God if he was a loving God if he was a loving God he could find other ways for this to happen and so the apologist said that uh, there's caribou or something in some country or somewhere that Canada if I'm not mistaken said that they introduced wolves to this ecosystem to take down the number of caribou because it was so many and and the apologist was saying that if, if there was no predators to kill the caribou eventually the caribou would eat everything and they, they would starve to death because there was nothing you know too many numbers not enough food supply food sources and that's a weak argument as well to say this is why god does certain things okay i think for one i think the main problem with a lot of these things, a lot of these things where the questions come at us about God, I think a, a huge chunk of that comes from the fact that we always make, we turn God into this cuddly ball of soft gelatin love, as if he's just the, the, the most loving and forgiving God, and that's all he is, and he's not, he's God. He is God. He's a righteous God. He's a just God. And you can't be a righteous and a just God if the only thing you can possibly do is just simply show love. You can't show wrath. You can't show punishment. You can't do anything else. You can't show anger. Enough. You just have to show just strictly love no matter what a person is doing. That's not what that Bible has told us in any way, form, or fashion. And if it has, you guys open it back up. You guys go through Deuteronomy. You guys go through the book. There's numerous numerous times in the Bible where God's wrath has been shown. Numerous stories that everyone knows, even those who are not Christian knows this. So I don't understand why we come into this concept of God just being love. And he's love. Oh, God's love, 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 love. And he is love, guys. He is love. Don't get that twisted. He is love. But he is not just love. We can't make him be just one thing. We, we put we put God into a box that we want him to be in. And a lot of us don't even know that that's what we're doing, but that's exactly what we do. We place him inside of a box that he never asked to be put in and that he never told us to put him in. But we do this, we do this because we feel we need to defend God and nothing could be further from the truth. We feel that when people say, you know, God did this, God did that, God is vengeful, God is a tyrant, God is this, God is that, and the first thing you wanna do is protect them. So the first thing you jump on is, no, God is love, uh-uh, God is love. And no, no, that's where your first mistake comes in at because God never once does he say, defend me. God is our protector, God is our fortress, he's our rock, our salvation, our light, our shield. That's who God is, we're not his. But we think with these finite minds, and we think as humans do, and we put God in the same box that we would put man. We protect our mom, we protect our father, we protect our children, we protect man. God's not man. He doesn't need to be protected from anyone or anything, and he never asked to be and will never ask to be. So that's where we start, that's where we mess up as, as Christians who truly love the father. That's where we mess up at. We feel like he's a human and he needs to be protected. But he doesn't. What's wrong with saying God has wrath? What's wrong with saying that no, God will, yeah, God does get angry. What's wrong with saying that? I don't understand. Why do we have to always say God is love? God is love. God is love. But we can't say anything else that God is. And now we have these people who want to use that God is love thing as a way to make it seem as if 
we are delusional because we're screaming and I could get where they're going with it because because by doing that you guys are giving them ammunition and yet whenever they say so how can a man sin in a finite matter he's not going to sin for eternity he just sins now how can a loving God have someone punished for a finite sin punished for eternity how do you respond to that if all he is is love I want to tell you something brothers and sisters it is okay, it's perfectly fine to tell anyone, I don't know. It's perfectly fine to answer, I have no clue. Do you know why? Because we all have finite minds. And if this finite mind could comprehend every single thing there is about an infinite mind, how could that possibly work? Do you understand me? So there's no way we could ever know every single thing about God. There's no way we could ever know every single reason why God does things he does. So what's wrong with saying we don't know? It's like we have to defend God. And that's my thing. We have to stop doing that as Christians because we make it seem as though we worship a weak, non-existent being, to be honest with you. Something that's just floating in our heads, but it's not real. And that's only because we make, we're making it that way. He is who he is. He is who he was. He is who he is. And he is who he will be. That is what he is. He doesn't change. Not for you, not for me, and not for them. So if you don't comprehend something about God, you just don't comprehend anything. And expect you should expect to not comprehend a lot of things about God. Because for one, you are not God. For two, God does not sit down and tell you every single aspect of him and everything about his being and his person and his rationale. Nothing. You need to stand up as a Christian and stand firm on the fact that you know what you know. And you believe what you believe. And you don't let anyone shake you from doing that. Because this guy talking about animals suffering i mean we all suffer if a tree falls that a tree falls trees die they grow they die things happen they fall over if they hit something whether it's an animal or a person it happens now i could easily say oh well god lets things happen he lets those animals die like that because they still offer food and nurture and nourishment for other animals they're scavengers there's buzzards there's plenty of scavengers out there that don't actually kill but they eat what they find and you know what I said to him? Because I wrote to him in this post. I told him, I said, brother, listen. I said, one thing about this whole thing is you will get your chance to ask him that question. And I said, I hope you're prepared. I honestly hope that you are prepared when that time comes. Because it's, it's cool and it's cute. You get all the little views on your channel and all that from being smart, talking about God right now. And that's where the loving and the patient portion of God comes into play at. But trust and believe you will pay for what you do. Jesus left as a lamb. When he comes back, he's coming back as the conquering lion. So this is not, we have to stop that cuddly, soft, happy-go-lucky God all the time. This is what people always say. Oh, God, God is cool with me being gay because God is love. This is what we, we're putting out there. We're putting this out there and they're grabbing onto it because this is what we're using. This is what we're trying to use to defend God. And all that's doing is weakening the God that we serve. It's weakening the perception of God. Come on, man. You think he's happy about that? And then there was this other guy that was a Christian for a good chunk of his life. I think about 20 years. He said he was a Christian. Then all of a sudden he left Christianity. And he did his little video about it and why. And he went through. His thing was he left Christianity because he grew up in the church. He played guitar for the church. And even all the way through college, he went to a Christian. He went to, uh, not to a Christian college, but he was in a Christian dorm or something like that. 
he said he just started seeing how Christians, the Christians around him and the Christians he grew up with and the Christians he's seen in all the churches and everything else didn't act anything like what the Bible said Christians should act like. He said, yeah, they sung songs, they worship Christ, they worship God and everything else, but they didn't act anything like Christ. And these are the things that made him end up leaving because it put doubt in his head and doubt in his mind. And to that, I say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, my brother, because for one, you're judging the authenticity of a great and beautiful God off of the actions of immoral men, off of the actions of men who are fundamentally flawed. And you're judging your beliefs and your truths off of man. You're putting that onto an infinite God and onto a righteous God. Can Do you see where I'm going at with this? That Bible, that book has nothing to do with how other people are acting. I don't care how many people are in church and everything else. That doesn't matter. You know why? Because your relationship with God is your relationship with God, not theirs. You may think that you're leaving the church because you're not going to follow them. But in reality, all you're doing is following them indirectly. That's all you're doing. From what you're saying is they're not following Christ. And now all of a sudden you're not following Christ. So think about that. You can clearly see that these people are not living by that book. You can clearly see that these people are not living as a Christian should live. You can clearly see that these people have turned their back on the righteous God. And that made you turn your back on God. And yet you think you did something. You think you did something unlike them. All you did was follow them indirectly. But yet you did the same thing. Because if they would have been worshiping God on a higher level and the way you say the book says, then logically, I would have to deduce that you would be worshiping God on a higher level like them. But since they weren't doing it on that level, it made you fall back. And that's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's sad. It's, it's I don't want to put you down, so I'm not going to put you down. I don't even know what your name was. I don't even remember what your name was. But I will say this to you and anyone out here listening that's in your shoes. God is not to be mocked. And God does not care anything about what you saw someone else doing. He gave you free will to control yourself. He gave you free will and he gave you the blessing of being able to be next to his word and being able to go in here and seek what you needed to find for yourself to start your own relationship with the Most High. He gave you everything that you needed and yet you looked past that and looked at man. And that's where the problem comes in at with that situation and with a lot of people that are in church right now they look at the man they follow the pastor the bishop the preacher the whatever you want to call him or her that's who they follow and they totally forget to look at what's right in front of their face and what's right in front of their face is god almighty himself looking at them with his arms wide open just waiting for them to come on in for the hug and you can't even see him because you're so focused on the man up there in the shiny suit or you're so focused on the women over here gossiping about the other woman. Or you're so focused on the man over here that's looking at this woman over here that married to someone else. But yet they're looking at each other. And you're looking at all these things that shouldn't be. Yet here they are. And the whole time you got the mighty king sitting right there. Bites right there in your face. Like, hey, I'm right here, man. Look at me. And that's the problem. This is more of a venting session for me, guys, than anything else. I'm going to tell you because when I hear these things, I get I get, I, I get, enraged. Seriously, like I really get rubbed. I really get rubbed. I hate when someone blames my mighty father for something he ain't, that he hasn't done. All he has done is give them grace. All he has done is give them peace. All he has done is shown them mercy and given them a way back to him. And yet all they can do is constantly find a way to run from him, find a way 
to put him down and blame him. Find a way to ridicule his mighty name. This other woman, great video. She spoke her truth and everything else. And her thing was, she grew up in church. She was a Christian for 50 some odd years. A Christian for 50 some odd years. She said she she was in uh, Bible trivia contests when she was a child and they would travel around doing that. She would memorize the certain books of the Bible. She was a teacher. She was just everything. Throughout the course of her life, she did a lot. She taught people about the book. She did this about the book. She did that. She did a lot throughout the course of her, of, of her life as a Christian. She did everything she would think a good Christian would do. She attended church regularly. She prayed. She, she taught Sunday school. And she did this and she did that and she did this and she did that and then she started studying Hebrew and she went to school for he biblical Hebrew and somewhere along the line she started digging in and, and as she read scripture more and more she started feeling like it wasn't written for her and it wasn't written for us that's what she wanted to make clear that the Bible is not written for us at all we're not in we weren't in mind when it was written it is not written for us at all and at the end of her post she came down to the nitty-gritty that, in her view, now the Bible is a history fiction book. History fiction book. And whether or not Jesus even existed, let alone was the Messiah, is anybody's guess. Who knows? And so, she's not a Christian anymore. And the Bible is not really real. It's fiction. It's history. Of, it's history fiction. Fictional history. And, uh, and yeah, Jesus... Probably didn't exist. She don't know. She don't have a clue. If he exists or not, or even if he was just a man, or she don't have a clue about none of that. So, my response to her was, you know what, matter of fact, let me pull this up right quick. I'm, I want to I wanna pull this up because I really hope that she, I really hope that she read that response because I really, really, really am concerned about, about her situation and about her, period her soul definitely so my response to her was this thanks for speaking your truth I find it unfortunate that throughout the entirety of your video you never once said that your personal relationship with God or Jesus was wonderful great amazing or even above average it is only because of my so very personal relationship with them that I couldn't fathom turning my back on them sadly there are thousands if not millions of people in church who have no relationship with them, but teach, sing, and, and worship. And I put, my God, I hope your story reaches someone who is in the same position and realizes the Bible is a book. Christianity is a name, but a relationship with the Father, a real relationship with the Father is true wisdom. Please think about that and be blessed. Here's the thing. There's numerous people right now, just like I said in the post, there's numerous people right now sitting in a church right now, singing in a church right now, you know, a deacon in the church, serving food in the church, playing sports for the church, instruments for the church. They're doing all kind of things for the church right now and don't have a true relationship with the Most High at all. Couldn't tell you anything about anything. They could tell you far more about their preacher or pastor or bishop or apostle or whatever you call them. They can tell you everything about him. They can tell you everything about that building at the end. They can tell you everything about the people in that building. But they can't tell you one single thing about God or Jesus. They can't tell you anything. Only thing they can tell you probably is Jesus came, died on the cross for our sins. Most of them couldn't even tell you where he died at. 
Most of them couldn't tell you how long he hung on that cross before he died, which is, it's sad. It's sad because you don't know the intimate details about nothing about the God you serve. But we're not going to sit in and play games. Church nowadays is a hangout spot. It's cool. You can network there. There's people that you've known there for years. So just because you get up and go to church don't mean you're going to church for God. You're going to church, but you're going there because that's the hangout spot. If every single person that's at the sound of my voice right now, if every last one of y'all had to go, if the church y'all went to burnt to the ground, and whoever the guy is that, that's running y'all's church, he goes and picks out a church for each and every one of y'all. And it's a separate church for each and every one. So when you go to this church, you're going to be going in that door brand new. You're not going to know a single person in there. You're not even going to know the person in the pulpit that's preaching the word. You're not going to know anything or anyone in that church. How often are you going to go to that church? Think about that. Why, why would you not have the same exact drive for this church that you don't know anyone in, but is giving the same amount of God's word to your soul and your spirit? But you'll go to this one every single day when the doors open. You'll volunteer for all the things they got for you to volunteer for. And you think that it's all about God. But it's not. And this here is a wake-up call for all of you, for everyone listening. This is a wake-up call because I want y'all to understand something. I'm tired of hearing people scream they're Christian. I'm tired of hearing people talk about how they have this God is there this and God is there that. And they don't know a thing about him. Not one single thing. Nothing. They won't even humble themselves enough to get down and try to learn his word. Knowing they should know it. How in the world can you tell me you serve a God and you don't even know what he wants you to do? You don't even know what he tells you you can do out here and what you can't do out here. But yet you claim you serve him. This is the reason why you have these people making all these videos right now. And then that's what I'm saying. Then you have the nerve to do and live that way. To go to church all the time, playing, singing in the band, doing all your things for this church that you go through. This little building, this little support group that you're in, really. You do all of this and then you have the nerve that whenever it finally wears off or the church disbands or whatever that happens and it ends. Now all of a sudden you're not a Christian anymore. And you got the nerve to post a video so you can show the world why you're not a Christian. As if God did something wrong. When it's you. And it's always been you. Just because you're spending all your time in church don't mean you know God. It don't mean you love God. At all. At all. Stop fooling yourself. You have a rude awakening coming on your last day. If you continue playing this game. Because you're playing a very dangerous game. You're getting your tail up going to church every single day. Every single day you at church. Every time the doors open. Hallelujah, hallelujah, yeah, 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 all of this right here. And don't even know what you're in there singing for. You don't even know who you're worshiping. You don't know a thing about him. You don't know if he wants you to not say another negative word or nothing. You don't know anything because you haven't read the book to get to know him. And if you do read, guess what? You're superficially reading. So you're just skimming. You're just reading off the top. None of that stuff, you're not retaining it. You're not studying it. You're not writing it down and going back to it every day. You're not trying to memorize it. You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. And I'm tired of people bashing God because of their shortcomings. I just want y'all to stop putting dirt on his name. I want y'all to stop acting like he's some soft teddy bear because he's not. He never said he was. Stop adding to him. And stop taking away from him. And stop screaming that you know him when you don't and you have no desire to. I love y'all, man. I love y'all. God loves y'all, man. And I hope y'all love God. Truly. Because if you love him, you're going to want to get to know him. You tell me this. If you're a man out there and you meet a woman, especially if you meet a woman that you truly, truly are into, and you start falling in love with her, you want to know everything about that woman. And the same with you women. 
You meet a man out there and you start falling in love with him. You want to know everything about him. You want to remember his favorite food. You want to know his favorite color. You want to know the things that he likes and the things he don't like. You want to make sure you learn exactly what you need to know for him to love you back. You want to know everything about him so you can make sure you never offend him. You want to make sure you never hurt him. And you want him to know just how much you love him. It's the same thing with God. Same thing with God. Do you do that? Do you apply that same that same amount of intensity to your to your search for him? To make him happy and to please him? Do you do the same thing? Be honest with yourself because that's where the true change comes in. When you can be honest with yourself and say, my God, my God, I've got to do better. I've got to do better. I'm going to keep y'all in my prayers, man. I love y'all beyond words. I love you beyond words. I thank you so much for coming up to the dinner table. I hope this was a better call to you all, man. I hope it was a blessing. And I hope and pray that my mighty father, the king of kings and lord of lords, I hope and pray that he touches each and every one of you. I hope and pray that he touches your heart. And I hope and pray that he touches your mind. Breaks you down on the inside and make you realize that you really need him and you really need to know him. Make you realize that your pastor, your preacher, your your evangelist, your apostle, your whatever y'all call him, can't save you. He cannot save you. Pray for yourself. Create your own relationship with the Most High God. No man is above you. No man is above you. They're teachers. They teach. You learn, you grow, you mature, and you move forward with your relationship with God, not with them. Stop relying on man and stop fooling yourself and allowing man to fool you into thinking that you're saved and you're fine when you're not. I'm starting to get frustrated and so upset because there's so many people whose lives and, 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 and salvation is, are in jeopardy right now as we speak. And they have no clue at all. When you go out here in this world, you look just like you look just like the atheists do. Just because people don't believe in God or just because people worship Satan don't mean that they run around trying to kill people. I'm sure you have plenty of Satanists right now that'll go out here and help somebody on the side of the road that's got a flat tire and everything else. Or may even give money to a homeless person. What's different about you? Stop being lazy. Don't be a lazy Christian or a lazy whatever. Get you a pad and a pen and that book. Pick it up. Start studying, man. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Pray to the Father God. Pray to the Lord Jesus. Ask them to give you spiritual discernment in what you're reading and allow you to retain the information. Study the information. And if you ever need any help, if you if there's anything, and I mean anything I could possibly do to help you in your spiritual walk, Please, by all means, guys, don't hesitate to contact me. The email is on the website. It is thegodgossipbook at gmail.com. Thegodgossipbook at gmail.com. Email me, and I promise you, I will get back with you, and I will do my very, very best to help you. If you ask me a question, if I got the answer, I'll give it to you then. If I don't, I will research it and find it for you. And if I can't, I have no issue at all telling you I do not know Take it to God. I love y'all, man. Try to bow your heads before we go and uh, go say the prayer. Abba, Father, 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 I thank you for this moment. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for blessing us, Father God. 
with this food from the dinner table, Father God. I hope that it filled the belly to those who are listening, Father God. And I hope that you allow it to resonate with their soul and their spirit. Allow it to nurture their minds and their hearts, Father God. And allow it to bust open in them, Father God. And give them a mighty yearning, a brand new yearning for you. A new yearning to know you, Father God. A new yearning to stand firmly on their own feet, Father God. As a mighty child of yours, Father God. Searching for the light, Father God. So that they may be a beacon of light. Shining from the hilltop, Father God. Into the darkness. To show the others. So they can show the others the way back to you, Father God. And teach them. Each one, reach one, teach one, Father God. Until we get it right, Father God. In your mighty name we pray, Father. Man is man. You are our God. You are our King. We do not turn our backs on you, Father God, because of the actions of man, and we do not go through man to get to you, Father God, for we form our own relationship with you, Father God, in the mighty name of your King Jesus, we pray, and we say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Baba thank you, Father, Shalom, Amen, thank you. My brothers and sisters, go with God, man. This has been a great better car, and I love y'all, man. I love you. I love you. Get in your book. Get in your word. If you don't like reading, go get Audible. Get an Audible, and then get the audio Bible and listen to it. You don't have to read the word if you don't want to. I advise you to read the word because it gets a little more, you know, it's a little more detailed. But if you need to start off with audio, do that. Whatever you need to do, do it, guys. Whatever you need to do. Do it to start developing that personal relationship with the Father. So that way, that way the schemes and the wiles of the devil never fall upon your doorstep and you pick it up. Never. You walk right across it and you don't even pay attention to it or see it. But that can only happen if you know who you serve. In the mighty name of the King, I pray to you guys go safe and go be with God, man. And I love y'all, all right? Amen. Take care. Shalom. Book of Toll, family. This is your man, Truth from Truth Never Lies, 411. You don't put it on my heart this morning to talk to you guys about something, so I'm putting it on yours, man. And that's stjude.org. S-T-J-U-D-E.org. At St. Jude's, families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. St. Jude has helped push the childhood cancer survival rate from less than 20% when they opened up to 80% today. 80%, and they won't stop until no child dies from cancer. St. Jude freely shares the discoveries it makes, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use that knowledge to save thousands more children. It'll cost approximately a billion dollars to operate St. Jude's this year. Because more than 75% comes from generous donors, St. Jude has the freedom to focus on what matters most, and that's saving kids regardless of their financial situation. Do you hear, did you hear that last sentence? Saving kids regardless of their financial situation. Do you know how many of us perish in this country alone because our finances are not in order when something happens to us health-wise? Do you understand that, man? Look it up for yourself. St. Jude, man. I haven't contacted them. They haven't contacted me. I'm doing this of my own free will because I believe in what they stand for. We are one. Shalom. Shalom.